Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Because I didn't touch him. Hey! Did you touch my drum set? Hey, knock it off! It's always soccer in Philadelphia on a Thursday evening, and how do you feel about the 2-2 draw in Toronto? I'm not surprised, but they could have used three points because now they're in third place. Your team, your town, your Philadelphia Union with 50 points in the Eastern Conference behind Nashville with 52 and New England 73. They will go to the playoffs. They'll get it done. We would like to have the number two seed, but only time will tell um, if we get there. We have two special guests joining the program today. Not one, but two special guests. Uh, to help us break it all down. It's Luke. It's AJ. Everybody, it's the Doopy Brothers. Welcome in, gentlemen. How you doing? Uh, thanks for having us. I think it's funny to use the word special. I don't know if that's a compliment or a, uh, a jab at us, but it's appropriate. Well, it can be however the <laughs> listeners want to uh, want to take it. But I uh, listen, I appreciate you guys coming on. You know, this is, I said before the podcast, this is a very ambitious crossover. Uh, nobody has tried this since they did uh, Infinity War a couple of years ago, you know, but I appreciate you guys jumping on for sure, because we like to think that uh, the network of Philadelphia union podcasts is a, uh, is a, is a friendly and amicable um, network and that we're all there for each other. Um, That's d- definitely true. I, right. I'm on a soccer team now with multiple union podcasters, multiple podcasts. So it's right. We're definitely uh, friendly and not, uh, <laughs> enemies there you go it's a strong network look uh you know i was saying um before we started recording you know i saw you guys i guess two years ago now i can't believe it was two years ago but matt matt ralph at brotherly Games set up a uh just a pickup game at at so five i still don't know what the there was no reason right it was just like hey let's just get everybody together and play right yeah and we did like like a little like round table podcast of sorts yes and, and we, yeah we, we, we aj and i or aj mainly made up some uh some fun prompts for us to debate but yeah yeah, yeah that was, was fun. a good time yeah so. yeah and I, rem- I remember that game very que- very clearly because i um i think within like two minutes i got blasted in the face with the ball it was like, <laughs> it's like all right well, here i am you know it's like the first game i had played since uh since my daughter was born i felt so old and so slow and i had long hair too back then i'm not really sure what that was all about but uh, uh yeah. it was fun i think one of you nutmegged me did one of you nutmeg me I- i'd love to take credit for that one <laughs> Yeah. I'll just I'll just jump right in there. Yeah, yeah. I take yes. credit whenever I, I can. I yeah. Kevin, I remember you did the like Cuadro Blanco uh, hop mm. with the ball between your legs when we were all feeling a little <laughs> spicy towards the end of the game. But yeah, it was, I remember that. That was good. It was yeah. fun, man. There was some techers there. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, and Zapata was pulling some moves too, which which was kind of crazy because yeah. he told me he was a football player, an American uh, yeah. football player, you know, and he was <laughs> pulling out some stuff too. I was we I, we were all winded within like two minutes, you know, because. Uh, yep. You know, it's so five. You got the boards there. It's not like the ball goes out of bounds, so you can't get a breather or anything like that. Right. So, uh, but yeah, that was fun, and we should definitely do it again sometime. I will say uh, for the listeners that if you're ever wondering, the Doopy Brothers can play. <laughs> you guys can play the game. You guys are good at the game. That goes a long way. Uh, yeah, we not. appreciate that. And, and yeah. right back at you. You you were 
you were not not easy to play against and, and i mean that as a compliment well it took me a while to get warmed up but i appreciate that for sure you know it's hard <laughs> to play as a center back when you're like in a in a 10 foot thing right. with a board with boards around you know right. so um listen on to more important things um you guys are the doobie brothers do you listen to the band the doobie brothers i i can't name a single song from them you can't no. name a single song <laughs> i'll be i'll be honest when when we came up with this name i in my head picture the blues brothers i thought that's who we were naming ourselves after and then i like googled it i was like, oh shoot yeah that's what that was so uh there was a lot of confusion in this name and i feel like that just translated right into the podcast just being goofy and about as unserious as you could be so yeah that's yeah. great though i you know i didn't think when i thought of it i was like well that's demographically it doesn't seem to really match up because i i'll be honest i'll make a confession too i too cannot name a single doobie brothers song <laughs> but i can tell you that my dad saw them live in the 70s and nice. he was a doobie brothers fan so if i if i was really doing my due diligence i would have talked to him before we recorded this and i would have known what i was talking about uh, he'll be pumped that you're on with us tonight then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll tell him that it was the real doobie brothers yeah not the doobie buzz then maybe he'll listen but uh um listen uh we're gonna get to toronto in a second but first i'm gonna give you my mount rushmore of brothers and i'd like for your input on this um i thought this was apropos based on what we were doing tonight uh you know there's a lot of good choices here but if i had to if i had to narrow it down to four you know i'd have to go with peyton and eli Right. For sure. Uh, Manning cast on Monday night is must must watch television. Um, I'm a musical dude. So I'm going to give you Alex and Eddie Van Halen. I'm going to put them on the uh, yeah. Billie Eilish didn't know who Van Halen was, by the way. So if if she's listening, they're a rock band. Um, I'm going to give you um, I'm going to go kind of obscure here, but I think they had great accomplishments on the tennis tennis court. I'm going to give you the Brian brothers. Oh yeah, they were on yeah. my list. Yep. Yeah, you remember Bob and Mike? The uh, the double they won like forty seven doubles championships or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tennis yeah. is our other sport, so that yeah, we're, we're familiar okay. With well, that. there you go. So you know what I'm yeah. talking about. And then you know, for the last one here, you could go in a bunch of different. You go with the Jonas Brothers. Um, <laughs> I could give you the the Gallagher's uh, from Oasis for okay. sure. Hanson, I think they were brothers too. Hanson, um, not Scott Hanson, the guy from Red Zone. I'm talking about the singers Hanson. Um, Box. Yeah, um, but I'll, you know, for my final one, I'll give you Cain and Abel um, from the Bible. Yeah, that's a famous cool. brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's my, I think, I think it's a pretty good Mount Rush. It's Peyton and Eli, it's Bob and Mike Bryan, it's Alex and Eddie Van Halen, and it's Cain and Abel. Do you guys like, is that a good Mount Rushmore of brothers? It is yeah. good. Um, I'll be honest, This I did more research for this than uh, <laughs> anything I've done for a podcast in a while. Um, I thought I initially thought you were going to start with the Far fans, then go Roldans and Iguains as far as MLS type brothers. <laughs> yeah. What about and the Aaronsons? Went off the rip. What Aaronsons? The Aaronsons. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, oh. that's what I was. That's what I was first. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, good call. Good call. Deep cut Aaronsons. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot yeah, of them. Well, see if Zeitlin was still doing this podcast, he would definitely go with the Far fans because he would bring up the third one. Too. Oh. Uh, the one that didn't play for the union. I think like Louis was his name, Louis or something. Uh, he he I, would not. Uh, there's, there's one episode, there's one like item per podcast where I need like Zeitlin to chime in and he's not <laughs> here anymore. So, uh, you know, so you got the Wynaldums since we had one of them on our team. The Wynaldums, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. Other soccer guys, the Cruises and the DeBars, uh, sports, <laughs> the Stalls, the Barbers, the Watts. Um, 
And then I went into movies. Oh, Harbaugh's and the Rex and Bob Ryan's Gasol. There's like a lot of brothers. There's so many, man. I I was kind of stunned. I'm looking at a list right now. I'm looking at the Hemsworths, uh, Chris and Liam. Apparently there's a third one, Luke, that I didn't even know of. Um, They, this story also lists the Kims, uh, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-nam and Kim Jong-chul. I didn't know he had brothers. I thought he just had the, the sister. Um, there's the stalls in ice hockey, Eric Stahl, Mark Stahl, Jordan Stahl, uh, Markeith Morris and Marcus Morris in the NBA, Owen and Luke Wilson. I mean, we could do an entire podcast. Yeah. yeah. On this. Well, okay. So the one that I think that was missed and I I really think we all, uh, the, the Wright brothers guys, (laughs) that was, that was the only one that was like, that's a shoe in. Yeah. They achieved a little bit more than say like, uh, you know, Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez with his terrible, <laughs> terrible hook shot in the Eastern Conference uh, quarterfinals last year, you know. Um, so how many listeners do you think have tuned out by now? It's <laughs> like we probably crushed your audience right now. <laughs> they probably fast forwarded. At least this is kind of on brand with the podcast. We've always been kind of goofy and uh, yeah. fun and relaxed, you know, but it is a, a serious podcast, too, at the same time. <laughs> and uh Look, you know, I always like to toss it to the guest um, first with a result um, to a game. I, I, you know, I'm not really surprised with two two. I, I don't. I think last night they probably played well for maybe 25 minutes of the 90, and so like I'm, I'm not surprised that they ended up with a two two draw overall. But uh, um, I don't know. You, or would you guys go? Uh, you, you know, is is that suitable for you guys? Or do you think they should have got three points out of that? I mean, the way you the night first. was. Yeah, the way the night was going, I I felt like the first goal was it wasn't just going to be that. Like I felt like there, it seemed like an MLS was just going to be one of those nights where things were going to go crazy. So I I, could, I knew the other goals were coming, and yeah, yeah, they, they weren't they didn't play well enough to win. Honestly, uh, after that that the thirtieth, you know, it scored in like the thirty eighth second. Like they just sat back and and didn't really push for the second goal until till late. So. Uh, yeah, I think a draw is fine. I mean, I mean, not fine, but it, it, it's probably warranted by the, by the performance. It's by the way the game was played. I, I it's a little disappointing seeing the, the union performance, but I mean, a tie on the road is is what it is. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna chip in and I'm gonna use some of uh, the words I've heard you use on your podcast a lot, Kincaid. Um, the goalposts have been moved, so this tie, despite like getting a point on the road, it feels like a loss just because the goalposts are now further out. We're, we, our expectations are just higher right now, yeah. and also just with the way the game was played, and we felt like we had a couple chances. You know, Casper's got two clear-cut chances that you feel like you should have goals on. I feel like we weren't really exposed in the back that often, where um, it felt like we were just holding on to a tie, and it it, it felt like a loss more than gaining a point on the road in my mind. I think you're probably right with that. And, uh, you know, I just think that the packed nature of the East this year, um, you know, the margins are just so much smaller. You know, the difference between, um, you know, one, one goal difference last night is the difference between second and third place right now. And, and you know, perhaps could be the difference from two home playoff games versus one home playoff game. You know, so it's, it's, it's so weird because the Revs are so far out ahead right now and everybody else is so clumped up behind them. It's crazy to look and think that they're in third place and they have 50 points right now. And that X still isn't next to their name. Yeah. You know, with only, with only two games left, it just shows the nature of what the league has been this year. And like generically, I think, you know, you always talk about like, Hey, a draw, a point on the road, a draw, a draw on the road is good. A draw at home is not good, but like they, for whatever reason, they just haven't really been that good against these non playoff teams this year. Some crappy results against Miami, uh, Montreal, they probably could have done a better job with, like you know, that Toronto game. 
But, yeah. um, you know, like what Luke was saying with the first, you know, the first goal, it, th- those are weird. Cause like, you know, Jim Curtin will always say, you know, goals change games and it sounds stupid. It sounds vapid. It sounds like it doesn't mean anything, but it does because, you know, it, it takes you tactically out of what you were doing, you know? So right. now the union are content to just sit there and give up a hundred percent of possession while Toronto's all over. I'm looking like Barcelona for a little bit. And, um, I just don't, I don't think that they were like kind of, and I don't think the setup they, they want to come out in the Christmas tree because they want Gage Dog to keep going. You don't want him to, you know, you have you have his breakout game, right? You don't want him to like fall off again, right? So you run the Christmas tree out there again. But that was more of a game, I think, last night for Sergio Santos um, to kind of stretch Toronto to beat the press, go over the top to make Michael Bradley work. And after that first goal, they didn't really make Michael Bradley work until the game opened up in the second half. So I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? That tactically, it seemed like. Um, it would have it would have been better if they had something that was a little bit more direct, or they could kind of like get over the press and just sort of pl- sort of play direct. I agree completely. Speed, speed, speed. I wrote that note down as I was like preparing for this. It's like it's such a simple concept that you see growing up as you coach youth to high school to higher levels. Like sometimes it's just the simplest thing. If you can have speed, you you change a game, and especially when you have a defender like. Bradley back there and we we exposed Omar Gonzalez when he was on Toronto just like having a guy who could stretch them like that and we've I feel like there's proof of the concept against Toronto specifically where we've just dominated on with the idea of having a guy who can really push that defense back and make them run towards their own goal yeah um so yeah it I get the I get the idea of you know continuing the Christmas tree and letting guys that try to get on the ball a little more and they they've shown some promise and, and improvements with their uh, quick passing patterns and stuff. But, but yeah, I feel like there was a bit of a missed opportunity in, in that um, formation. Yeah. And, and I also want to say like, I do like what I'm seeing obviously with Gazdag and Montero's chemistry building in this formation. And I think there's promise in that in, in future games, but yeah, in this one, the way, the way the game went, like they were, they were sitting back and playing the counter and you can't really, counter playing off of you know casper and and, and that's why right, yeah yeah it's, slow it's slowest dude on your team just kind of lumbering <laughs> around up to, it's, it's not like there's much right. of an out, outlet up there you know yeah yeah and like yeah. once they got the ball into the the toronto's third like it, things could have happened with Montero and, and Gazdog, but they so rarely got up there that it, it, it yeah it just didn't really work out that way yeah and you know in the first game against toronto toronto was playing a three-man back line and one of the observations i've made this year is that the union have just killed teams that have played three at the back because they just, uh, you know, they got guys like Bedoya and and Flock, who for their, you know, attacking their offensive shortcomings. I mean, they understand time and space and, and when to go and when not to go. And they were just murdering teams of being able to get get behind the LCB and the RCB and just kind of attacking those gaps. And you know, you weren't really able to do that last night because in the Christmas tree, you're pulling two tens back. Now that one of those guys are really runners, so unless you know, unless one of your shuttlers is going to get forward or the fullbacks are going to bomb forward, like that's not realistic when you're kind of hoofing the ball out of your out of your own half, you know. So. You know, I wish they did a little bit more in trying to play sideways. I, I don't know. This is going back a little, a little far now, but I don't know if you remember like those games against Red Bull around like 2016, 2017, when they started finally having success against them and started being able to beat the press a little bit more. Chris Pontius would just he wouldn't even look where he was playing the ball. And he would just hoof it to the other side of the field. You know, they played uh-huh. that blind that blind switch. Right, you know, right. where it's like, I don't even know who's over there, but I know the Red Bull or Toronto or whoever is all clumped up over here. So I'm, I'm not even gonna pick my head. I'm just gonna blast it to the other side of the field. You know, right. and then you get get people moving sideways and stuff like that. I don't. They just feel like they weren't. 
really doing that. I think that surprised me too, because they're a team that pressed other teams into oblivion last year. So you think like you kind of know how to play against that since that's what you, you did yourself last year. But um, until the game opened up, I, I just don't think they did enough to make Toronto work, you know? And so that's why I think it was disappointing to me, you know? Yeah. And I feel like there was, I feel like there's always a moment where we have these tie games where the union kick it into gear, but it's usually like 85th minute and you're like, oh, okay, now now they're going for it. I feel like they started that kind of push a little bit earlier. And I was like, oh, that's kind of positive. Like, let me let me try to drag some positivity out of this. <laughs> but I, I don't know if that was just the nature of holy crap, we're tied against Toronto. We need to continue to find another goal and we didn't get it. Yeah. But I, yeah. Do, do you wish, let me ask this. Do you, do you, I think, cause I feel, I feel like Jim, one of the biggest things that I think he improved on last year when they won the shield was I think he was like more aggressive with his subs or trusted his bench a little bit more. And this year, I feel like he's kind of regressed to the point where he like the subs are coming late and they're not as impactful maybe as they used to be. It's like, you know, they never do anything before 65 minutes, you know, and I would just kill to see him make like a halftime change or, or something more impactful. Now, am, I, am I like off base and saying that or is that, is that legit? No, I, I agree with that. But I, I also think part of that is, our bench feels a little weaker this year with like, like previous years we had like Il Senior was like, you know, the super sub Fontana w- yeah. w- had had times where he was pretty reliable off the bench and I feel like with like injuries and, and so, so many young, young guys that like m- maybe he's just it, less reluctant to, to rely on, you know, Pax Narenson and Cohen Sullivan every game when he, when they need a goal or, or need to change some stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, but yeah, I think part, I think part, part of it has to be with the, his options on the bench. Yeah. And they can't really switch it. I think I mentioned this on the podcast a bunch of times on the, on the post game show on the gambler too. They can't, they can't, you know, when Jim Singles, he would just, he would just switch out of the diamond and they go four, two, three, one, you know, they go mm-hmm. back to their bread and butter from a couple of years ago, but they don't, they don't have wingers anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like there literally are a grand total of zero. Well, you'll see now, but behind him, there's zero wingers on the field. So you can, last year you could throw Aronson back there, you know, two years ago you had Fafa Pico and you could, you could throw Alejandro Bedoya over there if you had to. But I think the one thing that they can do now stumbling uh, into this kind of with the Christmas tree thing is that they can, they can get out of that and go um, into the, go, go from Christmas tree to diamond in a game, you know, make that like their in-game switch, you know, come out of, come out of the formation because, you know, Tansy and I were talking about this on the post game show last night. It's like, you know, do you play against Cincy? Do you play Christmas tree? Do you play Santos on Sunday? And I'm thinking, well, you know, you could probably start. It's but my, my my rationale is this is like I think it's easier to start in Christmas tree and then get out to four four two and let Sergio run versus mm-hmm. starting with Sergio and letting him run and then bring it on Gaj Dog and go on Christmas tree. Because I think one of those changes the game and opens the game up. And I think the other one kind of collapses the game. So right. if you're going to do it in order of what's most impactful, like the way I would do it is I would open with Christmas tree and then go Santos four, four, two, if you had to. Yeah, I would agree. Like, uh, yeah, moving space forward. Um, yeah. I'm making that adjustments definitely easier than trying to close it down backwards. Uh, and I hope against Cincinnati. I mean, I, I I hope they come out ready to just attack, attack, attack. I mean, you, you figure you've got to come out in something. We're going to really push the issue. Um, I mean, it's also the last home game, you know, home game without playoffs. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't know if you guys are gamblers, if you put any money on MLS, but um, yeah, I put, like, I put like tw- <laughs> too much. 
put like I put like twenty bucks on Nashville at the start of the game last night, and they were down like like three to one with, within like twenty minutes or whatever. And then like uh-huh. I look up and it's like four three, five three, <laughs> six. <three. Yeah. laughs> like like it was, it was like it was never in doubt, was it? You know, like I and I love. I love Harris Medunian more than anything. Like I could, I could watch him just hit passes all day long. But when I see him in the starting lineup, I'm like, I know that they're going to give up goals. And sure enough, I'm watching the highlights, and he's like, he's pointing at this guy. I think didn't Matt. I think Matt posted a video showing <laughs> Harris pointing at the top of his own box, and sure enough, a goal comes from it. It's just for he's like, why aren't you covering this guy? Why is you? Because motherfucker, that's your guy. That's a guy you're supposed to get. There's like a play in the new, there was a play in the New York um, in 2018, the New York city playoff game. I I think it was, or like the game that they went up there at the end of the regular season to try to like get home field and they lost. And so they had to go right back up to Yankee stadium or whatever, where he just watched a ball go over his head on a throw. And then he's pointing to Mark McKenzie. who was like a first year (laughs) player at the time. McKenzie's already marking somebody. (laughs) <laughs> he's trying to like pass off the <laughs> pass off the second guy onto him. Like, here, you take him in addition to this. You know, it's like I always wondered if I've always thought it'd be cool if they played some kind of like, you know, put like three center backs behind him and let him play kind of like the Pirlo role, like what they did yeah. with Juventus, where it's like you just protect him and he doesn't have to defend at all. But um, I don't think Cincinnati's center backs are like uh, Chiellini and Bonucci and uh, might be Barza, maybe Barza. now, maybe nowadays. <laughs> Chiellini out there, <laughs> they could they could sign him if they wanted to. But um, I, I I would agree with that. Like you you know, since he's going to give up goals, like I would I would just come right at him, yeah, on Sunday and try to um, and just try to attack him and try to put it away. Early. Like surely that's got to be the way to approach it, right? And I also feel like there's a little extra since we just played Nashville and then Nashville plays Cincinnati and we're coming into uh, Cincinnati or having Cincinnati come to us. I feel like there's got to be a little bit of a chip. Like we have to do as good as since uh, as Nashville did against Cincinnati, just to show that like we are still the class of the East. And like, there's gotta be a little, like you gotta be a little something like there. And when we played Cincinnati last and we won, it was like two one or something, but it wasn't very convincing. So I, I'd like to see them really just demolish them and show that we can beat bad teams. And I, I feel like like we're, we, you made this point kind of early with the, the about the Toronto game. Like we kind of play down to, against these lower teams, yeah. and, and it'd be nice to just really, really beat them and to just take care of business. Yeah, and go in, go into the playoffs with some kind of momentum because I feel yeah. like you know it, it, the story is kind of different this year. But you know, in, in years past, you know, Jim's teams hadn't really played well in September and October. You know, they'd string together like that, like stretch of like three or four wins in a row in July, and you'd be like, where the hell did that come from? You know, and then right. they kind of like you know peter out later. So it'd be nice for them to go on a roll and do that. Um, let me just read through a couple. Of, I had a it was actually like a kind of a crazy game last night with some like random stuff in it. Um, it's just some notes here and you guys um, react to pick, pick whatever you want to react to here. Um, Shabilko on the first goal that they gave up, um, Jack Elliott makes a clearance. And then I don't know what the hell he's doing, trying to like just back heel it or flick, flick it out it, of it. Yeah. Like, just, just hack it. And I, I get, yeah. you know, it's funny. Cause I hate, one of the things I hate more than anything is when you give up a goal and the goalkeeper comes out, or you're not even giving up a goal, but the keeper has to like make a save or you give up a corner. And the keeper comes out and goes like apoplectic and is like yelling at people and pointing <laughs> at people. And sometimes I feel like saying it's just like shut the fuck up and do your job. Like we're trying out yeah. here. Like just let just let us try to like do it, you know. But he was complete, but Matt Freeze was totally justified on that because I I don't know. Shabilko's like, look, he's like a veteran. Like I know you don't expect much of strikers back there, but um 
Yeah, and just, I just, mean, just hack it out of there, you know. Yeah, the defender read that the entire way. Like he knew exactly what Chibuko was doing and saw the guy he was trying to play to, and just, just cleaned it right up. And yeah, it was just stupid and frustrating. And if that, and I, I think if I remember that correctly, then the ball came back in after that, and Elliot cleared it again, but it like mm-hmm. went right into somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and bounced yeah, right into, out the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I wonder I feel, if there's. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I wonder if there's a bigger. Why is Casper at the tip of our Christmas tree at the top of our 18? Like, is there something else that can be? And like, I don't know if it's like a compliment to him. Like, hey, way to be a striker who checks back like in defense. Yeah. And we, we like that about you. But at the same time, if that's the highest up player that we're supposed to have and he's in our 18, have we already falling apart at that point yeah well, who's why don't you the guy clearing out of the what box? and what if yeah. what if that little flick comes off to montero and then montero's bringing the ball forward to to what to who right to, to who like for who for what i'm chris long you know um <laughs> but yeah because there's because there's nobody else up there i know like jim likes his strikers to do a lot of defensive work but he's yeah. the only striker up there he shouldn't have to be back that far if yeah. you have if you have jamiro and Gajdog, who are both back there, who are defending. Yeah, so that yeah. drives me crazy. Um, I felt bad for Jack Elliott because he played another yeah. great game. I felt like there was like four balls that he cleared that like just hit some dude like right in the chest and just bounced, <laughs> bounced right back to him. But on the second goal that they gave up, it was weird because they, they – excuse me. There should have been a whistle, first of all, for a high boot. That was mm-hmm. near right. near Shabilko's face. And then he puts his hand up. Everybody kind of freezes for a half second, right? Mm-hmm. Then the ball comes in. Elliot clears it. It hits some dude again. They think it's a handball. And so they put their hand up and they freeze for a half second. And then Bizo kind of falls asleep there. Just, just for like that split second there. Ball comes in and Schaffelberg finally makes the right decision. Finally puts a good ball <laughs> in. And um, I can't, you know, I was saying on the postgame show, I, I, you there's nothing you Elliot can do there. He's got a slide there. He's got a lunge mm-hmm. for that. Cause if not, Josie has a, has a tap in, but um, right. I don't know. I mean, that whole sequence for me left a lot to be desired. Yeah. yeah. We, we all play defense. We've all made that same play. I, I mean, not to put words in your guys' mouths, but I've had my fair share of, I've knocked a few in, in my day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, there's not much you can do. And, and he, He's got longer legs than anyone else on the field, so he's the only one who makes that play to begin with. Yeah, I mean, obviously. And he, you know, my, my take was like after the Minnesota game, they gave up the three crappy goals. I thought it was an aberration because it's like you get it all out of your system and, and whatever. But um, you're not concerned. After the two goals they gave up last night, you're not concerned that's coming back, are you? I don't know. I mean, I, I felt so confident about our back line and – and Blake, even though he wasn't in this game, I felt so, so confident about our defense this whole year. So I and I still feel relatively confident about these guys. I mean, we have like Elliot and Glezis are are so solid, and and they feel feel like they they've even taken a step up this year, and 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 been great. So I I, I can't imagine it's it's really going to be an issue. And maybe it's just some. I feel like it, it, I'm more concerned about just road games. I feel like it's all happened on road games. So I, I think that's more of a concern in my mind. Yeah. Well, if they get Nashville in the second round, I mean, it's probably going to be another scrappy, sloppy, you know, boring one, one nothing. I say boring, but it's like, um, I don't know. I feel like Union fans can appreciate like that they're a good defensive team, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think. And uh, Matt Doyle, I think, said this said this when I had him on like a month or two ago or whatever that was. He said that this Union team isn't as fun to watch as others in the past. And like I see you guys nodding, like I would agree with that too because they they just don't. I mean, if if look like I play center back my entire life, demon my entire life, so I can like I can appreciate what they're doing defensively, but does it doesn't it doesn't make it 
like super pleasing on the eye. Like, you know, Jose Mourinho's teams were not like known for, for playing beautiful football, you know? Yeah. So it was just, um, yeah. On our podcast last night, we said we, we recorded last night right after the game and we literally said the same thing, like not to diss the union, but uh, the Nashville game, it was just a blue collar. We won our battles and got out of there. One, nothing like, and we were happy it with it. A, we were, yeah, and we yeah, were like fine. It was, just, it was a, mm-hmm. a nice performance. Um, final thought that I have, and then I think there was an exercise that you wanted to do before we uh, wrap this thing up here. <laughs> um, so a lot of people are asking about the penalty last or the no the no call on the penalty, the uh, shot that comes in at the end there hits Michael Bradley in the body and then it hits his hand. Um, the hand, yeah, the arm is out in an unnatural position. So by letter of the law, it should be a penalty. However, there's a provision in there that says if it strikes the guy in the face or in the body, in the head or the body before it hits his hand, it's not a penalty. So their judgment that was that he, you know, blocked the ball with his body and therefore whatever, whatever happens, um, after that is not, um, relevant, you know, but it's not a common th- thing. I don't, I don't think, you know, cause G- Jim, I think said afterwards, he wanted an explanation of what was going on with that. And the ref, uh, did give the explanation to the pool reporter, but, um, I, I, I think you guys know, like I hate penalties in general. I hate the games are decided on like bullshit like that. So I'm fine with the rule being that way, but, um, I don't know if you guys feel that same way or not. I, yeah. I'm relatively fine with that too, but I also like, I didn't see it really hit his body. Like, I don't, I know that the angles we got maybe weren't as clear and maybe I missed something, but like, I didn't, I saw it clearly hit his hand. I just, I, there was like a body in the angle that we got on on camera, but I didn't see it clearly hit his body as much. So that's, that's where like, I kind of got hung up on the back angle that they were showing it kind of, there's somebody in the way. Yeah. Or you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't really see that first contact that kind of came in low and like, uh, you know, the, obviously it's like the, Toronto broadcast you don't have the benefit of like JP and Danny being up there it's not like you got any other like resources to do it so I guess we're just kind of stuck you know um I just hate in general I you know even if the union had won on that I don't don't like when the union win or lose on that you know because I think it's there's too much that goes into it and these guys busting their asses for 90 minutes and playing their butts off and stuff like that for for a game to be decided on some kind of split second bang bang ball hits hits me in the like oblique and then like bounces off my hand you know like i don't i don't think it's i don't think guys should have to um i don't i don't think like big games should be decided by that so that's just always been the theory i would love to see an indirect free kick there like the most, it's like the most exciting player it's like when michael farfan scored from like yeah. two two yards out against <laughs> yeah. Let's just think that happened. Yeah. Just like roofed it or whatever, you know? <laughs> um, so I told you before we started recording, I had the shitty zoom. Um, so it only records for like 40 minutes. So I'm looking at it. At least it gives you a timer right. yeah, now on the top. Really. Yeah. Cause I didn't like the first time I did this, when I was recording with Jim a while ago, it just like all of a sudden said, you're out of time. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to like lose this thing or whatever, but it like kept going. So now I'm looking at it up here. It says five forty two left. So um, I think there was an exercise you wanted to do about reality television. Oh yeah, so Luke Luke hates this idea, so I'm 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 all over this. Um, so just based on a couple of things, your favorite topic, Ben Simmons, and then also Charlotte FC coming in next year. <laughs> um, you see, Charlotte's Ben play- Simmons got the he did the he's got the NFT um, right uh, avatar now on his yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jonah Bolden Jonah Bolden got him into the uh, whatever the fuck it's called the gutter 
cat gang or something or other. I, and I, I'm like Clint Eastwood and Grant Torino trying to talk about like <laughs> NFTs on, on Crossing Broad, you know, but that's another story for another time. I, uh, I digress. You lost me there. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> so Charlotte FC is coming in next year to the uh, to MLS and they have a reality TV show getting guys from around the world to come try out and be part of the Charlotte FC club. And so between the Ben Simmons and that, I want to mesh it and I wanted to throw this your way as you're pretty tied into the Philly sports scene to uh, have you propose some activities for a Philly sports athlete reality TV show. So if there was a mental test uh, <laughs> that an athlete had to pass, I have a couple, three, three things I'm going to throw them at you and yeah. see if you can like come up with the activity. So what would be a good mental test that a Philly athlete would have to pass in order to, uh, um, he'd have to he'd have to play for the Sixers, and they would uh, Doc Rivers would be his coach, and they'd blow a twenty point lead in the fourth <laughs> quarter, and the fans would just boo the ever living crap out of him. And if if mentally he can take it, then he's on the team. Awesome, uh, a travel Very challenge. Real. So, so <laughs> truth, I'm I'm in Virginia. You both are up there. What's um where'd be the worst part of uh, the area? to start at to get to the city that like an athlete would be like, I'm starting here and I got to get to broad street. What would they have to get through to uh, show their Philly worthiness? Uh, there's a lot of good candidates for this one, but, <laughs> but you could still, it took me like 90 minutes to get to the uh, Sixers game the other day down the blue route. There was an accident on 95. that was backing us all the way up to Villanova. Um, but I got to go with the Schuylkill expressway. I think if I got back all of the time that I spent on the Schuylkill expressway in my entire life, I would be 36 years old instead of 37. <laughs> that, I'm learning that that is my commute every day. And it is, it is You're commuting down great. to Schuylkill. <laughs> yep. Yep. The city out the way. And, and yeah, yeah. I, I will still yeah. note that Northern Virginia traffic on 95 is, is terrible. Still worse. Absolutely it's, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nova traffic is very, I, I and DC too, like when you get up on the beltway there, I've spent a lot of time sitting mm-hmm. on that. I do, I do not wish any of that on uh on my worst enemy at all yeah yeah and that, yeah, that was my previous year <laughs> solid shout out to the nova all right um, sounds like a harrowing experience for the reality <laughs> show contestant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right last last uh con- um competition for contestants uh give me something with a cheesesteak I-, I wanted something like a food a cheesesteak challenge um, you gotta, you gotta run up the Rocky stairs and you gotta shove a cheesesteak in your mouth as fast as possible. And then you gotta run to uh boathouse row and then you gotta go to the Liberty bell. And then, uh, Chris Collinsworth will mention all three of those, uh, Philly <laughs> icons on Sunday night football. Cause apparently there's nothing else that exists in Philadelphia, right? That, that, that's it. That's it's it, only yeah. that you get the same <laughs> shot. You get the same like bump out shot to commercial every yeah. time. It's like the dude chopping up the cheesesteak, <laughs> right? And like, here's the Liberty Bell at dark, yeah. you know? And then they yeah. do like, you know, here's like the art museum. Here's like the Rocky statue. So it's like when Chris, <laughs> Chris Heck from the Sixers dared say new Philadelphia two years oh, or yeah, everybody right. got like super offended because they're like well you don't know what the hell you're talking about you're like some mainline dude or whatever um <laughs> it's actually from delaware so um but i honestly i think that's a great um reality show um mm-hmm. harrowing is the word i keep coming back to it'll be very <laughs> difficult <laughs> yeah. I, well i'm glad you uh leaned into it um 
the only other thing was uh, I was going to try to throw in words that end in A somewhere in there, but I can't figure out a way to. It may be. Well, listen, we're down to one minute. I think a lot of listeners would prefer that we don't that we don't do that one. But I'll give you a a one really quick. Uh, He was an Argentinian midfielder who played for the Union in 2014 and 2015. Oh, God, I don't know. First name, Christian. Madonna. Christian. My donner, yeah, yeah, who apparently was up with his kids really late at night, and that's why he didn't play very well, according to John Hackworth. So, <laughs> um, there's a story I forgot to tell, I will tell it later, uh, maybe oh, on yeah. another episode or something. Since we're running out of time, AJ Luke, I appreciate it, man. Uh, the Doopy Brothers, you guys can follow them on Twitter at Doopy Brothers, listen to their podcast, uh, find out Brotherly Game, find on Apple Podcasts, find out on everything. Um, right, I got that right, everything's right, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I appreciate you, Kevin. I appreciate. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll get you guys on again sometime. And I'll get the not shitty Zoom so we can record longer next time. (laughs) Right on. Later, man.